GT Channel with Sam Itani, James McKeon, and Taro Koki. Hey everyone, this is Taro Koki from GT Channel. Before we get started on this episode of Pod Speed, I have a little message for you guys. It's from Creator Formula. It's the only creator-first agency that works with you to build your channel into a powerful brand that will drive recognition and revenue. Actually, GT Channel also works with Creator Formula. The Creator Formula team specialize in talent management, channel growth, and the deep diversification of revenue streams through technology that ties e-commerce to content. They want to talk to creators who are looking to grow beyond YouTube and establish successful brands. So go hit these guys up. Go to creatorformula.io and have a chat. Talk with them. And here is our new episode of Podspeed. Hello, everybody from uh, Quarantine Shutdown USA. I am still here in my beautiful studio, uh, which is a virtual background, uh, but it looks much better than the backgrounds of my colleagues here. Taro Koki, GT Channel, the man who makes all of this thing, all of these uh, podcasts possible, and our British, token British uh, guy with the, with a British accent, James McKeown, uh, no breaking podcast uh, on almost every every week, James, right now? Uh, when we go out of quarantine, we'll be back to every week. Yes, Sam, okay. but at this moment in time, we're still off the air. But I'm surprised you, you, you had a throw at my wonderful virtual background here that I've got going on. I mean, uh, I, uh, I made the, changes from our last episode in the hope that... Uh, well, the bed looks like it's a little neater because the last time the bed wasn't made, but it's all right. Wow. And today we have a wonderful special guest with us, uh, Megan Lethem. Is that how I pronounce it? It's Lethem, but I get Lethem all the time, so I'm good with whatever. Okay. Come on, Sam. Come on, Sam. Hey. Come on, Sam. So we've, we've gone through this with McKeon for 21 <laughs> yeah, episodes yeah, now, yeah. and then some. <laughs> yeah, Come on. I, I'm ha still having a hard time pronouncing uh, James's last name. So, so Lethem. So Megan Lethem. She you is, got it. Yeah, she is uh, all things uh, Pikes Peak. And uh, Taro will be uh, taking care of uh, most of the questions because Taro's been to Pikes Peak. How many times have you been there, Taro? I've been a couple, two, three times maybe. No, that's yeah, not uh, enough. Not enough. Though. Two times more than me. Yeah, it's beautiful country. And uh, uh, Megan is going to share with us a lot of things that are happening these days with Pikes Peak and things that are going to happen in the future. So, um, Taro, go ahead and take it away. All right. Megan, thanks for uh, joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you all. And I will have to say, Sam, your background is it's money in the bank. Thank you very much. I'm proud of it. They, these guys <laughs> won't give me any credit for it, but. How much did he pay you? How much did he pay you? That's what we want to know. <laughs> Checks so, in the mail. Megan, you are the uh, executive director of uh, the official name, Broadmoor, Broadmoor Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, presented by Gran Turismo. Right? You got it. So what, what, is, what do you do? That is a very, very good question. Um, people ask that all the time. So it is, um, it is a year-round full-time job. There's myself and then five other full-time staff. So it's basically everything, Taro. There's so much that goes into this event um, logistically. So one of the most challenging things is we don't own our own race course. So it's a public toll road 364 days out of the year. We work with the city of Colorado Springs, Pikes Peak America's Mountain, and the Forest Service to um, basically rent the road from them for one day out of the year. So 
set up takedown when you don't own your own venue, everything gets gets really tricky. Um, one other really interesting thing about Pike Speak is it actually uh, the course itself goes through two different counties. So it goes through El Paso County and Teller County. So logistically, you can imagine um, just the challenges that we run into. But we have great support here from the city and a wonderful working relationship. But along with just the logistics of the, the setup, we work all year round, um, everything from the competitor registration to press releases to you know the small waiver language on the website. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's really um it's it's really sort of being a small business owner if you will mm -hmm. so apps we do absolutely everything from from top to bottom and you just said the race was one day but the event itself and the the practice runs and the qualifying happens a week before the main day though yeah so it really is if there's 10 days of racing up on pike speak but one is race day the other days, this is what makes the race so unique and so challenging on the competitors, is we have to get our trial runs in prior to the road opening for the general public. So on our practice day mornings, um, we typically start, we open the gates around 3.30 or 4, and then we start as soon as the sun rises. So it's a really interesting thing for the competitors, um, having to just adjust to that early, those early mornings, and then what else is unique the competitors only get one shot, one run, one full run on race day. Right. The practice days, we split the course into three different sections. So they move each day, they'll run the bottom section and then the middle section and then the upper section. So what makes that makes it really challenging is they don't get to see the full run until they're on it on race day. So walk us through the week for you guys. I mean, I've been there as a media partner and you know, waking up at literally 1 a.m., right? <laughs> right. To, to have to be there in time to set up and everything. But uh, what's your week like? Yeah, it is a very, it is a very, very busy week. I can say that. Um, so it all, basically, it all really starts as far as just the go, go, go um, one month prior to the event. So um, it, what, what happens, what it looks like about 14 days out, is um, we have this crazy staff schedule. You should see it, it's like, it's legal paper, 15 pages long, and it basically breaks down where everyone is supposed to be at exactly what time every single day. So if we know that the start line structure is getting built on the Monday, we make sure someone's there to meet the start line guys to make sure they build it properly. Um, you know, it's our team there early in the morning making sure that the waivers get signed. So. Mm -hmm. It is just absolutely crazy, but we try to get as much down on paper as possible in, in order to have it go as smoothly as possible, and then we just adjust as as it um, as it happens when the when the intern accidentally sleeps in and misses waiver signing. We have to we have to adjust on the fly. Right, right. And uh, tell us about um, this year. So obviously, you guys have been affected. Uh, what's the race schedule like? And you guys had an uh, announcement today, I hear. Yeah, um, this funny that we planned this podcast almost a month ago, and then today was the day we made a pretty large announcement. So the good news is, um, you know, the race will go on. So we are set for August 30th. Preserving the history and the legacy of this event is so vitally important. Um, so we are proud to announce that we are green flag will be dropped on August 30th. Um, unfortunately, the, the sad news Hmm, you're 
audio is breaking up a little. Is it just me or? Oh, I, I, she broke up. Yeah. You guys happy? Oh, now we're back. Now we hear you. Okay, so go back to where I was doing this. Second here. Yeah, we could uh, edit that out. See, this is the magic of on being live. It's oh, great. Are we on live too, Taro? We are live. We're oh, live on okay. Facebook. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, this is this is expected. Oh, look, it happens in all the big networks. Oh no, she's gone. She says we're done. <laughs> she's had enough. She's had enough of Sam Mattel. She's only. She said she's only going to come back. All if right, Sam now puts the sunglasses on. The big guns in. She's bringing the big guns in. I think we could. Oh, you just muted it. Maybe. You're on mute. So weird. We just had her for. Oh. Five minutes. Did we lose her? James, what the heck are you doing? I'm not doing anything, Sam. But. Uh... Someone's I want to know. So, what years did you two go to Pikes Peak then? I, I went. Uh, well, it was still half paved. That's why I was talking to her about the half. You know, the paved. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was. I really like those days. Yeah, I, I want those days. I mean, I could have drove it if I would have talked Suzuki, which was you know doing business here uh, mm -hmm. back then, uh, because they were thinking of going. You know, Monster Tajima brought his Suzuki, so I was trying to talk North American Suzuki to give me a car to drive into an event, but they didn't have the funds and they were supporting a monster Tajima. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he was I up do. there with the Escudo. Yeah. And he, uh, he had the record for a while, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so. And, and he's a why, very, very nice guy as well when I met oh, him. Great, nice guy. You know why they called him monster though? No. Not because of his driving. <laughs> yeah, because of his face. It's so horrible, Japanese. You know, remember they called Hideki Matsui, the New York Yankees guy? They called him yeah, Godzilla because of his face. Yeah, all, right. all right, we got oh, Megan. Hello, back. Megan. Can you hear me? Nope. Oh, no. Problems. Megan, you're on mute. Do you know you're on mute? Can you hear me? She's off. I think she's in another office. Oh, there she goes. So, oh, oh, I'm here. Hold on. Oh, oh there we you got are. you back. Hey. There we go. Hey. Hey. Hi. Oh, sorry. Our, our Wi-Fi went out, so I had to do a little scramble. Well, you guys are in what? the mountains. There. So. I'm here, though. All right. Sorry about that. Right during the announcement, too. Wow. Let's, well, this gives us a, uh, an excuse to do the announcement over, so take it away, Megan. It's like some angry fan um, in the back just unplugged the Wi-Fi. <laughs> It was Sam. No kidding, right? <laughs> Literally popped up. Internet unstable. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so back to the announcement. Um, as I was saying, is yes, the green flag will be dropped on August 30th. We are very excited to still be able to do that. Um, our competitors have worked so hard up to this point. And as I was saying, the history and the legacy of this event is so vitally important. So the fact that we're able to, to have an event is is the is the positive. The the really unfortunate thing is we did have to announce today that we wouldn't be allowing spectators on Pitt's Peak this year. Um, mm -hmm. It's a really difficult decision. You know, we have the, the best fans in the entire world, and um, it is just a, it's just a really difficult time and operationally trying to figure out how to continue to have them up there with the, um, the, with the current restrictions that are in place. So um, unfortunately, they'll have to wait till 2021, but we're... Um, Again, the positive is we are going to have a race, and I think that that's what we're trying to keep in the in the front of our minds is um, is just you know that in 2020 there will be a Pikes Peak International. Well, it's unfortunate that the fans won't be able to go, but 
you know, under these circumstances, at least you're having the race. Um, I think that's a positive. And, and uh, fans will also be able to see the race online or somewhere. Yeah, we're still sorting out a couple of details. As you can imagine, it's a, um, it's a busy time. But yes, we're looking at doing a, um, a webcast on our, it's going to be on our YouTube channel and then also on the Mobile One Facebook page. So um, in all fairness, one of, the, one of the most challenging things about Pikes Peak is the connectivity. Um, imagine if yeah, you were just, got, to go, just got an example of that. Yeah, Pikes Peak <laughs> or right here at the office, I guess, is a, is a good thing. Um, and so uh, can you guys still hear me? Yes, yes. Um, so one of the most difficult things is the connectivity. Imagine if you were just to go out in the woods, go climb a mountain, and you just, you don't have cell service. And so that is one of the things that we consistently have a really hard time with. Um, yeah. Again, we don't own, own our own race course, so it's not like we can put in the infrastructure year after year. Everything that we put up, we have to take down. So we do build a network up there and band, we've worked out so many technical issues in the past, but bandwidth, line of sight, um, those sort of things are, are true challenges with any mountain in, in the world, you know? So, um, but we're, we're confident and we feel that this year we're gonna be able to put together a, a webcast. We're still, we don't exactly know what it'll look like. It's not gonna be this huge live full production. Um, there, there's, but we're gonna have five or six cameras. We're gonna be able to see the car start and finish. We're gonna have the times. Um, so the world can still be watching. Um, and unfortunately, again, they'll have to wait to 2021 to be on site, but we have the best fans in the world and we know they'll wait and they'll support us until we can get them back up on the hill. Yeah, I think a lot of people just don't realize that it's a, it's a public road, right? And it's really on top of a mountain and you have to go all the way to the summit. So just like you said, it, you try to use your you know, mobile phone on the top of a mountain, it's usually not gonna work. So you get, we understand the challenges that you have um, you know, trying to broadcast something like that out to the world with limited uh, coverage. Hey, may I ask a question, Charles, to Megan? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Megan, how, uh, what, what is the participation, the, um, uh, the, like the, the, the field uh, look like as in the number of competitors? Is it quite a bit down from usual? No, it's a, so it's it's about um, what we expected on the car side. We have 60 competitors this year. One really good news is when since the announcement, the initial announcement in March of us postponing until August, um, we've only had four competitors, unfortunately, say they're not going to be able to attend this year. And all four are from overseas, which makes sense. And it's all just due to travel logistics um, and restrictions one thing is a lot of those competitors have to ship their vehicles and it's hard to know if they should ship them when they don't even know if they themselves are going to be able to travel here. Yeah. So we feel um, really, really excited about the field this year. And, and as I mentioned, um, so many of these competitors have worked all year long on their vehicles. And so they want a chance to race. And I know that they're disappointed as well that there won't be spectators, but um, it's often them against the mountain, and I think that they'll be they'll be excited when they when they reach that checkered flag. Nice, James. Uh, jump in if you have any questions. Certainly, Megan. So I just had questions basically around the event itself. I mean, obviously, with this year being an exception for sort of everything in the world, um, with people wanting to come watch in 2021, what are things that you'd suggest from your experience for people who are coming, obviously, there for the first time? 
what do you think they need to do or in preparation or some of the highlights they can look forward to? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple exciting things are we have 2021 and then also the year after that, 2022 is our hundredth running. So that year is going to be just off the charts, but in the interim for 2021, um, the biggest thing is there are seven spectator areas along the course. So it's not just like there's, you know, the course it's 12.42 miles and it's not just like there's spectators lined up everywhere. One of those, the reasons is there's no, we have to park all the cars somewhere, right? Because the road that the spectators use to go up then becomes the race course. So we've designated seven areas along the course where we also have parking um, for the spectators to be able to watch. So I think the biggest thing is prepare for all four seasons. Um, and you think I'm joking, but literally it can be <laughs> sunny and hot and then five minutes failing. Yeah. And it just, it happens so fast, uh, especially on Pikes Peak. So, um, but I think it's also one of the most beautiful and, and the, what's just wild if you're ever up there, especially at Devil's Playground or someplace above Treeline is the juxtaposition of this beautiful mountain and the scenery. And then it's a race course. Like when in the world does that happen? You know, so yes, we have a challenging venue operationally, but we have an amazing venue and it's one of the most beautiful in the world. Yeah. What is your uh, favorite part of uh, the race? What's your, what's your favorite moment you've had? Like so my far? favorite moment, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's, it's weird. I look at Pikes Peak slightly different than, than everybody else. Um, we have a saying here and, you know, the mountain decides. So mm -hmm. um, the minute you think you have her figured out, she'll, uh, she'll throw a curveball at you, such as, such as this year. Um, and, you know, throughout, throughout the history, actually, if you, if you look at the history going back all the way to 1916, I think it was 1930 during the Great Depression, only six competitors actually ran that year. Um, which is crazy to think about. And then in the 40s, there were four years that it didn't run uh, due to the war. So it's, um, you know, I think that that's one of the most unique things about Pikes Peak is curveballs happen, obstacles happen, and it's our job as a staff to overcome and find a way to continue this prestigious race in the history. Um, to answer your question, though, Tara, I think one moment, and this is probably a lot of our fans' moments as well, um, but seeing what Volkswagen did when Romain broke the record was pretty mm. cool. And, and not from a mechanical side, absolutely, but from an operating side, the amount of work that their team put into that was phenomenal. I, I, I honestly think I was working with 20 different people at one time just Volkswagen. There's so many things that people didn't think about. And why would you? It's not their job to. But for example, um, their generator. Mm -hmm. It was a big generator. And it didn't, the gateway at Pikes Peak, which is about six miles below the start line, it didn't fit under, the generator didn't fit. So oh. today we'd have to escort the generator out up the up lane when tourists were coming. So there were just so many things like that. The list goes on and on. And so I remember watching their crew that day and once Romain took off and then once the, he, he finished and they saw the times, just seeing them erupt, um, it was a pretty cool moment. And 
you know, in my job, I honestly don't care who wins. It's, it's not my job to care. My job is to put on a fair event for all competitors. Um, getting to know a lot of those crew and, and just getting, working with them so closely on the logistical side made it, made it really cool to watch them celebrate. Yeah, and Romaine's, uh, he, Romaine's uh, record is not going to be broken for a while. I don't yeah, know well, we thought because Sebastian Loeb's I know, record I wouldn't know. be yeah, broken. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right, because he shattered the record. Then Romaine came with destroyed it. Crazy, crazy. So. I, I said after after Loeb, I didn't think that the record would be broken in our life, in my lifetime. And sure enough, just a handful of years later. So I have yeah. a few. There's a, there's a couple uh, manufacturers out there eye in the 2022 event and seeing what they can do. Yeah. You think electric cars will be more and more the prominent uh, player at Pikes Peak? You know, it's definitely something we're seeing a lot of, uh, especially as that technology is becoming just more and more, you know, out in the world. And as we know, so many manufacturers are hoping to eventually move to all electric or, or whatever. So you know, one thing that's great about Pikes Peak is we really pride ourselves on being a stomping ground for manufacturers to tech mm -hmm. to new technology. So with that, and as as electrics continue to develop, I do I do anticipate that continuing to be something that we see on Pikes Peak. Can you uh, talk about uh, to our audience a little bit why electric cars are so they easily perform or they have such an advantage at Pikes Peak? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the, the things that makes them different than a gas-powered vehicle is they just don't lose their horsepower at altitude. So that's a crazy thing people don't necessarily think about our course. Yes, it's the length. Yes, it's all the turns. But the altitude that change from the start to finish is immense. And so that's one thing that gives them, that gives the electrics a little bit of, of, a, of an advantage. But the other part of that is the electrics have to keep their charge all the way through. So that also is something that um, it just adds different, um, a different element. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a glorious event, right? But, you know, like you said, it's, it's a dangerous event at the same time. We've, we've all seen the Evo fall off of, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> off the cliff, you know, and the car get mangled. Um, how, how do you guys, you know, deal with the, with all the danger and the the risk. Yeah, you know, that's a question, honestly, more for the competitors. They're the true heroes when you think about it. They're literally putting their life on the line every every year they come to Race Pikes Peak. Um, we work really hard as an organization to keep our our spectators safe, our media safe, um, and do all the all the precautions that we can over a twelve point four two mile course. You know, it's not just like we can monitor one area. So. Mm -hmm. Um, to be fair, I can't even imagine the, um, what goes through the competitors' minds right before they, they leave the, the start line and, and get the green flag. It's, it's a very challenging race. It's a very dangerous race. Um, I get scared driving up there just in my own little car going the speed limit, so I can't even imagine what goes through their minds. But um, it, is, it is definitely dangerous and challenging. I think that that's what also um, gives that adrenaline to the, the competitors that that's why they race as well is, is just that, that adrenaline that is beyond anything I would ever want. But, um, so yeah, I think that that question is, is more for them and what goes and what goes through their minds. Interesting. Yeah. I've driven up that, the mountain and it's pretty hairy, you know, it's, it's scary. Plus, um, I get altitude sickness. So 
I'm already feeling a little like woozy when I'm up there. Yeah. Um, a lot of our competitors actually do now run with oxygen too. It's interesting. It's, it's, we leave it up to each competitor to choose what suits them best. Best, You know, we want them to feel comfortable racing, but um, hypoxia is a real thing. So a lot of them have, um, they have decided to choose to run with oxygen on, as they head up. And, and you're a native of Colorado Springs, right? And so you I grew am. up watching uh, and knowing about this race? You know what? I'm. You're gonna. It's. This is gonna be a. This is gonna be a shocker. But um, I actually had never. I've obviously known of the race, but I had never attended the event until I got this job, which is actually crazy. Um, you know, I this again like ah, but um, I'm not an auto sport enthusiast per se. I love sports. I love competition. Um, but my background really isn't so much on the automotive side and the thickness of the roll cage and the different tires, but it's just trying to put on a world-class event. And there's, that's my job. I think I'm more of an event planner, event organizer, trying to make this race the best we possibly can for everyone involved. And that's the, that's the competitors, that's the media, that's the, um, that's the spectators. It's, it's, it's really just, it's trying to make it, it's every little piece of it. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, it's, it's funny having this job, not being a, a huge automo automotive enthusiast, but I also think that that's kind of what makes, makes it great for me is because I can look at it from a different perspective and more from the event side. And right. then these really smart people around me to handle all of the technical issues. So speaking of the event side, then you obviously talked about already how Volkswagen needed to have a little bit of your help to get their generator up the mountain. How often would you say that that happens where you get these super last minute, very unexpected events in that last like that week leading up to race day? And then like even on race day, I mean, how many times are you getting this call that's like, we need this done like 30 seconds ago and it's going to take two hours to do? How, how often does that happen? Well, you know, that's a very, very good question. So obviously with it being such a big event and then obviously with so many intricacies and so many things we can't control. Um, it's ever changing. Race week is every day can look ex extremely different. Um, it's one of the things that is the most interesting too is the sheer amount of questions that we get because Pikes Peak is confusing. And if you've never been there and you've never seen it, it's really hard to navigate, you know, if where do I go? What do I, even for crew members. So yeah. we get hundreds and hundreds of emails and phone calls every day the the race month leading up to it but but we welcome them because we would much rather make sure that the media is informed on where to go prior to having media meetings and, and powerpoints and everything explaining it than them lost at four in the morning you know driving up Pike speak not trying to figure out where to go so and then obviously the other thing that happens is the competition itself um with the way we structure the practice and the three groups that I was telling you about. One other piece of it is the race day run order is actually set based upon the competitors qualifying times. So you might say, well, how do they get a qualifying time if they don't get a chance at the full course? So we use the lower section as their qualifying time. So we take their times from the lower section all three days, we merge it together to come up with the run order. So that's a small example of the things we're doing behind the scenes 
we're, we're waiting quickly, trying to get the times, then trying to get them in the run order, try to get it out to the world. Also making sure everything is accurate, uh, you know, and making sure that the competitors um, know exactly what to do on race day, where to be in line and ready to race. I got another question is, uh, on a normal uh, year, not this year, obviously, sure. how many of uh, uh, the, the crowds, about how many people do you average on race day? Let's yeah, say. so one of the things that's interesting is we're limited on the number of people we can have on Pikes Peak, again, due to our operating agreement with the Forest Service and the city, but also to logistically, we can't, we have nowhere else to park cars. So we've worked out this formula of, you know, the average number of people in the cars and how many cars can fit above the start line and a bunch of boring things you don't need to know. But um, the max we're able to have due to Forest Service restrictions are about 10,000 people. We fluctuate any year from 7,000 to 8,500. And to be honest, I think that the 10,000 is a little bit of a stretch, just logistically wise with the, the number of, of cars that fit. I think we're probably maxed out about 8,500. If, if you've ever seen the way we get an aerial footage of like Devil's Playground with the cars, you know, we pack them in because they can't go anywhere during the race. So they're bumper to bumper packed in, but um, we try to get as many people up there as, as we can so they can enjoy the event. If they uh, for next year, uh, if people are interested in attending, I mean, what are the, do they just go to the website and uh, find Yeah, we'll, we'll launch our 2021 tickets um, in December. Usually we try to do it in time for the holidays. Um, that is one thing that just so everyone knows with us eliminating spectators this year, anyone that had um, brought tickets is in fact going to um, uh, get a full refund, of course. That is just right. vitally important that, that everyone gets a full refund. So yeah, our tickets will be available on our website, um, usually about in December. And then one other really cool opportunity is camping. Um, there is the only, it's the only day uh, in the entire year you're allowed to camp on Pikes Peak is the night before our event. So we have camping passes. People can get up there the night before the event. That way they don't have to get up at one in the morning to, to find their spectator area and they can come camp and check it out. And like we said, for, for 2021, knowing that they've all had a year off, uh, we expect the camping to sell out super fast. Mm, it'll probably be super clean because no one's used it this year. Right. That is true. That is, we do have to, you should see the, the cleanup we have, to, we have to do the day after. So we're up there with our garbage picker-uppers. You guys do that too. Wow, you guys do so everything. Sounds clean for the for I the think tourists. Sam's volunteering to help with that garbage cleanup. I think that's oh, from that right, Tara? Yeah, I think so. Come yeah, on sure. up. I, I, I'll be up for that. Um, for those who want to compete, what are the um, requirements? Because we see so many uh, manufacturers kind of uh, uh, putting out efforts these days where it used to be a lot of private, you know, a lot of private private people, but um, what if a private team or a private person wanted to actually compete? Sure, great question as well. Um, so we have a request for invitation process. So it usually opens in mid-November and then the competitors submit a request for invitation. And basically we look at it, it's almost like a job resume, right? So, or a, a job application. We require them to kind of submit everything. So what's the vehicle, year, make, model, all the specs, um references and then racing resume i think that's one thing you know we get calls literally from someone like me that's like hi i'd like to enter pike speak and you know, we're a professional race car driver and they're like oh no i it's just on my bucket list you know we get that all the time um 
<laughs> Taro mentioned earlier, it's a dangerous race. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best in the world. Um, one of the things over over time is we're really excited to see the the car times, the the finish times shrink, right? So instead of having one really fast time and then a 15 minute vehicle down here, you know, our goal is to make the quality like this and make it just the just such competition. So so that's the long term goal. Um, we really want professionals up on Pikes Peak. So it's not a bucket list thing for for the neighbor or anything like that. It is it is truly professionals. And so when they submit the request for invitation um, in November, they have from November to early January typically. And then we have a selection process. So we have a selection committee. It's made up of nine different members. And we look at um, every application, if you will. And the committee, we have a very fair, honest system and we select the fields. It's, um, you know, and then we, we do have a wait list often years and then we do have some immediate declines. So um, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting process. It's a very fair process. I think one thing that gets a little, a little challenging is those sort of on the bubble from being allowed entrance into the field and then on the wait list. It's sort of like the NCAA tournament, just smaller scale, right? But there's the teams on the bubble first four in, you know, and, and it's interesting to see the committee members um, different takes on it, right? Because it's, it's, not, it's not black and white. It's not so much like, oh, this person's in for sure. You know, some of the committee members really look at um, experience on Pikes Peak. Like that is something that is very, very important to them versus a rookie that might have a lot of other racing experience, but is that racing experience on asphalt? You know, that's another big thing because Pike Speak is now fully paid. So there's so much that goes into it, but um, it's, it's a really, it's, it, since we've started that, I think we started that in 2016. Um, and it's just been fantastic, again, to see the quality of the competitors that we have. That's awesome. That's cool. What, um, do you guys do your own um, sanctioning? Or do you use a, you know, FIA some kind of regulation for your cars, or how, how do you do that? It's 100% self-sanctioned, so mm -hmm. quite a hefty rule book. It's 76 pages long. If you, mm -hmm. if you dive in, or Sam, if you get bored, you can just read it through. It's pretty exciting, let me tell you. Well, during this lockdown, I got nothing better to do, so hey. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be a pro uh, on that subject. So um, we've seen a lot of, um, you know, videos on your YouTube channel. You know, you guys have made a lot of progress. Um, tell us, uh, tell your audience where they can find um, you and your content. Um, sure. Where they should well, follow one, you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one huge thanks to GT Channel and Taro and his staff for, for really kind of helping us along with our YouTube channel. Um, the partnership we have with you is, is phenomenal and we just really appreciate that and thank you enough. And I know as you are all transitioning too to the creator formula, what you've been able to help us with has been phenomenal. So cheers and thank you all for that. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, plug. <laughs> you can see, yeah, you can see our YouTube channel here. Um, it's, it's great. We have obviously uh, all of the um, playlists set up. It's the onboard footage that we receive from the competitors every year, um, along with their finish interviews. We have helicopter highlight reels. Um, so if you're looking at, oh, I'd really like to see you know, someone's run in 2017, you can go on here, search for them, find their particular run. What lines did they take? How did they attack that corner or this corner? Um, 
it's pretty exciting and, and we're looking to put out even more and more content and new content, especially as you mentioned, Sam, it is a quarantine world. So we're trying to get as much content as we can. Um, there's also some historical videos up there. So you, you can get lost in it, that's for sure. Hey James, I wanna ask you, how do you think a Formula One car would do? I know it's two wheel drive and it's, uh, it's pretty much gas, gasoline powered, even though it has like, you know, the, the re regenerative system in there, but how do you think that would do up, up on bike speed? I think it would go very well, but I don't know if it would be able to pip the uh, Volkswagen. I don't know I think, either. I think it would be very difficult because obviously the Volkswagen has the four-wheel drive, which makes it good. And as and Megan electric. pointed out, it's got the, yeah. the electricity, so it's not going to drop any power where it goes. But then again, I mean, they could always uh, obviously change the Formula One car on the fly. It's got much more potential to be able to do those kind of things. Yeah. So you never really know. And Megan, e -car? Uh, Megan I, I, I'm thinking now that the Volkswagen uh the, the volkswagen record is something that may not be broken in our lifetimes you know i mean that is a crazy time yeah it, it was a pretty f phenomenal what they were able to do but um as i mentioned i i have a feeling someone else will go after it in the near future yeah um also i've noticed that we haven't had a u.s driver win this dang event since 2005. now who was the last american to win this Say again? Who, who was the last American? I will tell you right now. It was a guy named David Donner in a Donner Dykstra special. But uh, that time was 11 minutes and 15 seconds, which is, and you know, uh, Dumas' time, you know, Volkswagen Romain's time was seven minutes and 57 <laughs> seconds. So it's like, you almost slice that thing in half. It's just crazy. But maybe, um, uh, but you know, the uh, person who won it before that was Robbie Unser. So we had a guy named Robbie yeah. Unser. It. But maybe 2020 with people who can't, you know, travel from abroad, this might be the chance we get a U an American guy up there. Do we have a lot of Americans in the starting field? Megan? Yeah, there is. I think there's close to 50. Um, 50 this out of the 60? Um, yes, at this time, I do think that that's true. But one of the, that is just to your point, Sam, um, one of the other things that makes this event what it is, is it really is the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. Right. Um, the support and the competitors come from all over the world. Um, same with the media stories and the outlets. It's, it's funny to look at those maps on where articles are being written. I mean, we really are worldwide. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Keep those Scandinavian WRC guys out of here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have that uh, um, relationship with uh, Sony for a couple of years now, right? Um, now, can folks go and practice and, you know, experience this on Gran Turismo already? Is it already in the game? As of right now, it is not. But our partnership with Gran Turismo has just been phenomenal. Um, it started five years ago. And as you mentioned at the start of this, it's the Broadmoor Pikes Peak International Hill Climb brought to you by Gran Turismo. So they've been phenomenal partners. And we are um, looking forward to hopefully another five years with them as, as that um, as that spawn at that sponsorship level so fingers crossed for the future about potentially being in one of their games um but we uh we will work with them on that and see what we can do i'll be giving the next version that's yeah. coming out right oh that's right gt7 is coming out yeah. at some Shout point out to uh, our buddies there and that'll give yeah. it another international boost you know yeah. absolutely yeah. 
and they've just been fantastic partners of ours and we're very lucky that they're they're behind this race and supporting us so taro i want to ask you why isn't it called gt channels broadmoor uh i, I can't even remember the whole name <laughs> pike speak we're open to it taro we're open to it come on taro, you bring the up, goods <laughs> you gotta bring the goods all right well hey um thanks for um uh, for being on the show um i have last question so sure if you know someone young maybe even you know a woman a female like you're 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 a rare um um you're you're rare in this business to be running say, a, watch uh, out Carl. Well, <laughs> who how would a young you know girl or a female you know get into this business i mean you obviously did it yeah how, what kind of advice would you give them you know, I think that that's, that's a very fair question because I, um, I love my job and I love coming to work every day. And as I mentioned, again, it's just the, it's the event side of it all. But I think that the biggest thing I've learned in all walks of life, um, and it's how I fell into this job too, is it's relationship building and, and it's networking and it's, um, it's not burning bridges. You know, if you decide you don't want to do your restaurant job anymore, make sure you give in your, your two weeks notice and make sure you do it the right way. I think that there's so much about communication and uh, I've worked really hard to not burn any bridge that uh, with anyone I've worked with or cross paths with. And so, and the other thing I would say for me is just being dependable. I think that that's so important in doing what you say you're going to do. And I think that that is, it, it, it still is something that, our whole team here thinks about every single day. We really do return every email and every phone call. And it's because we say we're going to get back to you. And so we will. And I think that that's a small thing. Um, it's not, it's not big overarching, like, Oh, get this major, have this minor in, in, in college, but it's, um, do, you know, it's dependability, I think can go a long way these days. Um, Cause so many people don't end up following up with what they say they're going to do. So, follow up, be kind, and, and um, just, just try not to burn bridges, and life will take you in a good direction, I guess. Great advice, great advice. I hope so. We're a woman in a man's world right now, so hopefully that'll start changing more with drivers and, you know, just people be inspired by your participation, you know? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you guys very much for having me, and thanks again for all you do as our partners. We're we're very lucky to work with all three of you. And again, thank you so much for, for your guidance and assistance with our YouTube channel and having having me here today. It's been great. Thank awesome. You. We'll be watching so August 30th. Awesome. Sorry about the technical difficulties. What can oh, we do? It, 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 it happens to us. Whenever we've got Sam on the line, it always happens. It's oh, a problem we have with Sam. Sam. Nice it always happens. No Colorado <laughs> flavor there. <laughs> the mountains. So. All right, Megan. Thank all you. Right. Megan, see thank you. Thank you so Bye. much. All right. All right. That, that was a great a, interview. Well, that was nice. Super, super interesting. So since we've already broached it, I think we should talk about it right now, which is the uh, latest and greatest trailer from, uh, as I try and get back to it now to make the magic happen. Yeah. Well, hey, before we do that, should we like kind of introduce us James's uh, section because you kind of no, there's no need, right Sam. We've already got a great job running. Just run with it, all right? Just run with it on your own. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't mind us. 
I mean, I'm just going to go with it, Sam. I, I, I mean, because if I don't get this out, it doesn't lead to the discussion of you getting me that PlayStation 5, right? I mean, Tara's already said that you committed that you're going to get me one. I'm not, but this is amazing. I can't even tell what's real and what isn't. Full commitment. I know. When I first saw this, like literally some shots, you can't tell the difference. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. Look at the beautiful shots. That's crazy. That's yeah. my favorite one. James, your, your feed is like choppy. Yeah. I'm just, this is all I've got in front of me here, guys, when you're running the 1080p, well, I guess it's probably this. It's better than nothing. But. Look, I've already got, if anyone wants to see it, I'm sure I mean, they can find I mean, the yeah, actual but, video. I, I mean, yeah, but look at the, the, the way the light on the cars. I mean, that yeah. the detail is just they did a, And the clouds. Look at that they that looks like Pike's Peak. Job on the clouds, yeah. <laughs> it does. Actually, it does, it does, it does look, look like Pike's Peak. Look at that Porsche 917. I think Trial Mountain, isn't that the one that's based on the... Pardon? It, the Trial Mountain is close to uh, uh, the GT. Yeah, there's Sarah. There's people who people talk to you now. <laughs> they to actually talk to you. So yeah. yeah, they tell you how to do everything. I mean, I will say it's incredibly the de the attention to detail they put into this and what you can do now. It's it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean. It's fantastic. And the quality of everything they do is, uh, it's unbelievable. That's why, Sam, when you gave me the PS5, I'll be so happy to be able to play this. I don't even know what you're talking about, but it, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, this, my son's uh, looking forward to it too, Sam. What's that? Alexander's looking forward to his new uh, PlayStation. Well, good. Is, uh, is Taku getting uh, James <laughs> one too? I guess the only difficult thing about this is trying to pick which car you want to be driving when you see all the ones in the um, trailer. Yeah, this thing's awesome. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is a good while, while we're just uh, watching this. Um, the next pod speed, we are going to have uh, Jordan Greer, who is from oh. uh, GT Planet. GT Planet, that covers all things racing games. That, yep. Every, uh, every uh, FIA GT... Uh, Gran Turismo event I've been to, Jordan was there. Yeah, so he will be our next guest and we can ask him all about this stuff. Yeah, he knows everything. He knows everything about it. So hopefully you can tell hopefully you can ask him the question then Sam and he can give you the answers on how you're gonna get uh myself and Taro PS5. I, I mean uh, you might want to ask him to get it for you. Uh, uh and the, the way this guy drives it almost looks like James driving a Lexus or something. Isn't that a nice segue into your next? Oh, is that what you're saying? You want me to stop this? Stop sharing? Yeah, well, there that, you go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, also, it's pretty choppy and kind of low, low, low pixels. So. Oh, you give me such a hard time. It was looked on beautiful full screen 1080p in front of me. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it looks, great. It great, looks great for you, but for us, they're yeah. like. <laughs> oh, there you go. So you just should have been watching yourself. So I guess that means you want me to start talking about uh, my most recent vehicle that I got into, Sam? Your expert evaluation is very much needed at this moment in this broadcast. All right, so. well, this time I got myself behind the, the wheel of the Ooh. rather fabulous Lexus LC500 in there wonderful, you. I will say, flare yellow. Ooh, I love that color. The color is really, really pretty. I will say that, but it I will say... So yeah, yeah, it does look totally, like completely agree. But the one thing I will say in particular about this, I will say I did not like the wheels one bit. I'm not a fan hmm. of those wheels. They are different. I do. I will give you that. 
it's just I'm just guess I'm just not a fan of the chrome. I think is a big one for me. I mean, chrome it always it always is sort of off-putting. I much preferred the wheels that came on the uh, the GSF uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to these ones. If that makes uh, sense. You took this photo, didn't you, James? I did. Uh, you, I did. Could have, you, you could have put the uh, door handle back into its place, but it's all right. I'm not nitpicking. <laughs> I Is like the door handle sticking out. It is. <laughs> I noticed this thing. Sorry. I like James. the wheels, though. I like the wheels. Yeah, they look okay on this car. I mean, I can see what I can see what James is talking about through that. Chrome Where did stuff. you go, James? Where is this? Is, so this is Newcomb's Ranch. So I went up into the mountains for a drive. Uh, my first sort of drive post uh, with all the quarantine and COVID come down. Mm -hmm. But since I thought I had a driver's car, I thought I'd uh, sort of go for a big drive in it. And so this is what it sort of took me up here to. As I saw Magnus Walker going there every day, I thought, well, if it's okay for Magnus and his Porsches, it's all right for me and my Lexus to do out there for the day. So this is about, so say, like give, give or take an hour's drive out from like downtown Los Angeles. So it's rather, rather different from what you sort of see on the dirt regular. So you're saying this photo is better for you, Sam, because obviously the door handle is in? Yes. Okay. Just, just checking here moving forward that you approve <laughs> these photos because I don't want to get started on the photos that you took of your most recent uh, vehicle, Sam? Well, mine are scoop shots, so I, I, I can't physically take them. So. No, 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 your review, we can look back on GT Channel with your photos that you took. Do you promise me that you're bringing your own photos to uh, the, uh, oh, the, the review? Toyota, yeah, the last Toyota truck photos I took, so. Are you sure? I swear there's a different name for those photos, Sam, but if you're telling me that's you, I will believe you. Oh, that's right, I had someone else take them, sorry. Okay, well, there we go, Sam. So as soon as we get to see your photos, we can look for But I also, I, I did a little bit of video here, so I don't know if, if this is going to come up choppy again, but uh, Sam was very terrified by these videos, Tara, mostly because of the, uh, the location of where Newcomb's Ranch is and Sam's never been before. He was uh, a bit terrified. But I, on the other hand, was a fan of the trees and the sky and everything else. Dude, uh, but the compound looks very, very ominous. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But very so, ominous. I, so, I wouldn't go there. So what I'll say about this car. So anyways, this car obviously it's it's very very pretty to look at. They've just come out with obviously the um, what I can hear. I can hear the sounds of this, but you can't obviously. But the engine sound is truly incredible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, 471 horsepower. You definitely don't need any more. It's very very fast. It sounds wonderful. I mean, I guess the only Difficult thing for me is is the price point of about ninety three thousand dollars for the car, but that's obviously is that difficult. as is or is that base? That's base. Mm -hmm. uh, this one that was tested came in at like just over one hundred six thousand. Ooh, hundred six. Yeah, but I mean you're putting it in the class of classes like an Aston Martin DB car, so if you put it, I mean that's significantly more expensive. The BMW, I think, to compare it to, comes in like one thirty. The Mercedes comes in that price. So I think it is a very well-priced vehicle. And I mean, that V8 does sound incredible. And the interior of the car is great. I mean, it's, uh, it's wonderful. I'm just gonna stop sharing and then go pick up some other photos here so I can show you. Because these, the these are the press it's, photos that do these sort a of- halo car, right? Yeah. So, I mean, oh, it's why not? Device. For sure, yeah. So I'll just do it. So these are some of the press photos that I'm sharing now. Um, they're just, show how nice it is. And then I think that the ones, when it, the, what else I like about it is the, the inside just always looks so pretty. Um, obviously, the things that we always talk about and complain about and think that could be improved upon, 
is this uh, navigate or the system down here where you have to take oh, your eyes off the screen. Yeah, it's so hard to, it's, you got to, you really got to get used to it. But, but everything about the driver's position, the seating position is phenomenally comfortable. So easy to go into the sport plus mode. The dials in front of you sit perfectly. I mean, it is a lovely car. The materials inside is all very, 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 very nice. And, and if I didn't know any better, this was taken on the big island on Hawaii. What gives that away? Oh, look, at the, look at the center monitor. No, nope, that's right? definitely not. Definitely not Hawaii, Sam. Definitely and not. And the mountain looks like, you know, big island. So. Oh, right. Oh, there's ocean. Hawaii. So, I, I mean, I it's a great car. Obviously, I had a lot of fun driving, and I'd, and I'd love to own something like this. But at, at just a wee bit out of my pr I mean, it's more the Sam Matani price point taro than the James <laughs> McKeon price point here at 106000 I mean, this is basically Sam's like runabout, like that he'd run to like grab like the groceries in. Um, yeah. But I mean, it is a two plus two. There's not very much room for those two people in the back there. Let's be honest. It's very, very tight. Also, it's not really got the best boot space for everything. Um, I think that's that's trunk. We we call that trunk. Yeah. The boot, Sam. Um, I think it could really do with being a little bit deeper, but then. Plus, if you're going to go anywhere, and this is basically what I'd consider a Grand Tourer, I think it needs just a little bit more room for a little bit easier putting suitcases in is what I think. That's that's probably my my big things. James, compare it with some of the other, um, uh, we call them coupes. I think you call mm -hmm. them coupes, but, yep. uh, like a toupee. But anyways, uh, the back seat to like, let's just say like a 911 or maybe an Aston Martin like you brought up, because those back rear seats are pretty much kind of useless too you know i mean yeah i mean they're good to they're good to like throw like a soft bag but you can't put like a hard rolly in the back there it's like kind of difficult and then you can't fit more than like one and a half of them in the boot so it makes it kind of difficult so that's why i think it could have been improved upon um if you were wanting to take it away and go like on a trip for a week safe somewhere with it you need a little bit more sort of space with it yeah but, i would say 90 percent of the two plus twos out there the rear seats are pretty much there for, like you said, put in the sports bag there or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. Carry-on bag, you know, yeah. standing yeah. up. Or, or, or a little kid, you know? I mean, no, I think even a little kid. Or a very small, is, small adult. I think it's, I think you'd really struggle to put people in the back there comfortably for, for a good long drive. I mean, going oh, on a drive no for an problem. hour, no yeah, way. it'd be really difficult. Uh, no I mean, way, maybe yeah. running them around the block, I think it'd be great. Yeah, that's but, definitely Hawaii. But, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, that's my take. I mean, obviously, two thumbs up. Can't speak highly enough. Absolutely fantastic car. And you think the price, is, price point is okay? I think, I mean, if I, the price point of where it's coming in at for 470 horsepower car, that sounds incredible, looks really good, very well fitted out inside. $105,000, $106,000 seems great. I mean, there's a few options I'd probably knock back on here on the list that came spec with. So, but I mean, it is a really, really nice car. Um, and it seems very well priced compared to other vehicles in that that sort of range. Yeah, it's a it's a little less expensive probably be just because it is Japanese, even though for a Japanese car is very expensive. But and I th I think also it's getting it's getting up there is a little bit long in the tooth as well compared to some of the other ones. Obviously they've released the convertible version, they've got the hybrid version, mm -hmm. um, but I think that people it's been around for a few years like a few of the other ones and so that might be another factor in regards to that i think it's been priced higher in the past obviously when it was first released but um maybe that's something going to too. i mean i could certainly see this coming back in a new iteration as a twin turbocharged something or other as opposed to the v8 i think the v8s are going to be going away now i don't think we're going to be seeing too many more of them 
I want to make a statement though with this uh, going with naturally aspirated instead oh, no. of the turbo, that... the turbo route that everyone else is going. They said, hey, you know, we still think naturally aspirated. That's where you get the torque. There's no dis replacement for displacement. You know, that's probably that's, what they're saying. So that's certainly true. And as the pictures show, I mean, this is a very pretty engine bay as well. When I go through, I mean, it does look very. I mean, it's got a lot of plastic on there, but it is a very, very nice engine bay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, obviously, Sam. Two thumbs up, as you like to ask for. Okay, good. Very easy to understand those thumbs up, thumbs down, so. Yeah, but like I said, happily, would happily take the keys to this any day and go out for a drive. The thumbs up for me too. I, I've driven the hybrid version. I really liked it, so. Um, oh, nice. It's just a very elegant, very nice car, so. Yeah, I need to test drive that car. Yeah. I'd yeah, love you to. yeah, you do, so. Oh, uh, anything else from you, James? Well, I guess we could touch on basically the uh, the idea of we've had the coming to the end of sort of the esports, where we're sort of seeing all the major leagues go back to like back mm -hmm. to track. We've got the events that are opening up. I think Formula One is like two weeks away now mm -hmm. from starting back up, events with no fans and whatnot. But mm -hmm. all the seasons are going to be coming back online. How do you think that's going to fit in regards to esports, you guys? Do you think there's still going to be a factor, or what's going to happen there? I think it's just going to be replaced. You think so? Yeah, I think esports will. Uh, I think the esports will go just esports. You know what I'm saying? The esports guys, you know, the, the the guys who sit at home and practice all day. I, I think racing. I think it'll just go back to normal. What about oh, you, Tara? Yeah, I, I have a feeling the majority will be the guys will be going back to um, you know regular racing and but what what changed is that you know I think. A lot they they learned that a lot of people like watching e-racing so i can see some drivers you know coming back and um you know one off you know a couple times a year participating in in, in races here and there I, I, w I think that i'm a little bit more optimistic i think in the off seasons i think there's going to be more of the drivers coming and doing the esports. I think that's going to come into it more in the off seasons where we're going to see different, as you say, like one off races or maybe mini series of five or mm -hmm. six races where they're going to have different uh, drivers come from different sort of backgrounds and come and compete in different events. I wouldn't mind seeing like a competition where they had a like a Formula One track, a GT track, a rally stage, a different kind of like them having different drivers compete along all of them to see how they go. I think that'd be kind of fun. And I definitely think that the esports are going to keep up with uh, the vintage racing where we've seen a lot of success with some of the drivers who have like retired, but are having fun driving the older vintage cars. Obviously they can't race and drive anymore, but seeing them go on track and see them race and the, the camaraderie. And I will say the communication they have between the drivers, the banter one might say has also been really fun and really good and enjoyable to watch. And with them only being like 15 laps at the most, I mean, you can watch it do a race to the start, the finish in under half an hour. So it's not a bad length to like, keep someone entertained for you know what I mean no it's you know I mean I got into the Formula One FIA Gran Turismo uh, championships and oh dude I mean I was making fun of esports and I was making fun of those guys those drivers before not after I started you know watching those those races oh man they are so exciting I mean yeah and like you said you're not there for two three hours you know I mean the like you said uh, uh, one race could be done in 20 minutes and yeah. you know and you get all this excitement so yeah, I, I turned uh, into a little bit of an esports geek because I have like a favorite driver now out there and all that. So it's 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 uh, it's 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 I, I have I have evolved with the times. 
Well, I like to hear that, Sam. I like to hear that I'm helping you change as a person. Thank you. Thank you. Thank but, you. I owe it all to you. So. But speaking of that, Sam, maybe we should jump over to you now to find out more about these scoops that you've been working on this past week. Well, a couple of them landed right into my lap, which was great. Um, uh, and I'm going to start off with a car we've been talking about a lot, but um, now we finally got our hands on the design of the next gen Toyota 86 uh, Subaru BRZ. Uh, we said before that the car was going to make its debut at the fall of this year, so uh, September 2020. But with all the stuff that's going on with this horrible, terrible year we're having so far, um, our otaku, which is geek, uh, nerd, our spies, uh, have told me that the new date for the car, a new introduction date for the car will be March 2021. So it's oh, still wow. not that far. It's within a year off. So uh, be on the lookout for it. And the minions here, are working hard. They are working hard. So here it is. Here is the how is going to look um it is hold on it is a oops sorry it is i think quite a bit more elegant than um it's looked before hopefully it looks better than just a black space oh, is what i've got at this moment right in time now. sorry about that i never sorry. had these te technical difficulties sam i don't know why you do oh sorry i can't even get i'm sorry hold on hold on oh we're having some major i'm having major technical difficulty. And Tara, just think of all these things Computer that Sam said to you before we jumped to this call today and all the problems that we've got. And then now the only the... one with the problems is Sam Matani. Okay. <laughs> I, all right. So hold on. I'm going to try this again. Sorry. Unbelievable. Hey, uh, while Sam gets his uh, screen sharing together. How's that? Um, nope. Are we good? Can we see it? Nope. All black. What? Black like your heart, Sam. Oh my God! There it is. Oh, there, there. Oh. it is. There. And then he took it away from us. As soon as you had it, you stole it away. Two seconds. Okay. What? This is zooming. Can you see it? Nope. Just, just give it a yes. second. Yes. Yes. Just, just don't touch it. Yes. Anything. I see it. All right. Okay, great. So, anyways, this car, uh, you can see the uh, the headlights mm -hmm. are uh, much more uh, ex exotic now. Uh, the um, air intakes have been um, worked over quite a bit. Um, I'm going to show you other other uh, angles of this thing, and I even we even have some. Um, uh, it looks like the MR2 scoop uh, rendering that you showed us a while ago. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and you know that thing is still there, saying you know another car to come in a little a uh, little under this car. Mm -hmm. It's still on the um, table, but we haven't heard much about that. So, um, the basic design thing of this car follows you know pretty much the spirit of the current model. Uh, it retains all of its sports car proportions, as you can see, uh, low and wide stands, you know, the nice wind cutting profile. Let me see if I have a, a shot of that. And those uh, wheels are ugly. You guys, really? I, uh, James, don't you no, like no, these no. wheels better than... That's a different, that's a diff those are different wheels than the, than the ones you showed earlier. The wheels, the first image are awful, are truly horrendous. Can you, can you see this? Can you see this one? Yeah, yeah. Ugly. But it's a different car, though. Hmm? No, it's the same car. Well, different, different wheels. Car. Different car, completely, Sam. Two oh, yeah. So uh, the wheels are different. Yeah, they're two different cars, Sam. But, th th dude, they're, they're artist renderings, guys. They're not real cars. Okay? <laughs> but I'm just saying, Sam, <laughs> they're different renderings. because Guys, 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 you know, when you, yeah, you guys, when you guys watch, like, the Avengers on TV or on in the movies, Iron Man's not real, okay? They're 
It's Wait, Sam, I'm okay. just saying you're trying to you're trying to sell something that we're not buying because these are two different renderings of two different cars. Okay, so I'm just going to ignore you guys and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you're going to ignore, I'm going to share something because I think this is more appropriate, really. Wait, I'm sharing still right now. Okay, oh, my look at this. So the face will undergo some changes. A little more elegant, upscale than uh, the current car. As you see, the headlights, uh, a little more complicated shape. And the look of uh, the air intake valves have been cleaned up a lot, as you can see. Now I'm going to show you. Now this is the this is the to me the um uh, what is it called the home run angle of this car is is this one the rear. Okay, can you guys see the rear? Nope. No. Nope. Now we do. Yeah, got it. I guess yeah. I'm, I'm, my things. It's a little a little slower than. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some. Um, it just looks like you know, the back end of the Supra. Oh, no, it doesn't. The Supra looks a lot different. To me, the rear of this, it was completely, they completely reimagined it because, you know, now it, uh, the car right now has the little circle headlight with a little, you know, bar kind of a thing, which I think is a good looking rear. But this, to me, you know, gives it a new Aston Martin kind of feel to it. Um, Sam, can you bring it back to that first image at the front of the car, please? I want to compare and contrast a car that I'm thinking of when I see this car. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. So we'll give... Uh, there you go. Can we see it? I can. Yeah. Great. Okay. Now, I'm now I'm going to... You stop sharing and let me share for a second okay, so everyone, I can share something. Look at this car and let it burn in your mind. Okay. Now. Okay. Burn. Oh. Oh. I'm going to That's come back out. There we go. Oh. There it is. Does it look like a Corvette to you? It looks like a car. That front end is just all those lights, bad. those headlights. No. You totally, yeah. Yeah. You totally have yeah. a point there. Yeah. Yeah. Without, and I mean, if you just cut off the back. Yep, just from here, from the A-pillar down. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. The Corvette's uh, air intakes are a lot bigger, and that, uh, the middle grill, grill is... Well, it is a lot bigger engine there, too, to be fair, so let's be honest. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, here it is again. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit Corvette. I, I, I get where you're going. I get where yeah. you're going. So, But it's still a uh, good-looking car, but believe it or not, this is, this is how it's going to look, guys. Hey, and, what's the PowerPoint? Have they? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, that's the finale. Wait for the finale. I can't do the finale now. Okay. I want so, that cherry, anyway. Sam. Come on, deliver the cherry. I will. But anyways, here's the rear again. Okay. I don't like the rear. You don't? I love no. the rear. Really? The ducktail lip on the uh, really short rear rear deck. It's like a stormtrooper. Oh, I. Oh, gosh, you guys. Okay, but anyways. Um, uh, there's the Toyota version, of course, and there also will be the Subaru version uh, of the car, which is called the BRZ, as you guys know. And, you know, the current BRZ is not equipped with their new safety technology called EyeSight. And what that is, is pretty much uh, lane departure system, pre-collision system, and all that safety technology. So uh, Subaru was kind of in a hurry to get the new BRZ, the new BRZ out, which will be this car. It will look like this car. Um, so they could equip equip it with uh, eyesight. So the next Subaru version of the BRZ will be a much safer car than it is now. Now here we go with the technical information. Uh, let me go back to the uh, this image of the car because you guys don't like it that much. Um, the technical information was really hard to get, but our otaku's got some good stuff. Um, we hear that. Um, under the roof will be uh, an F20, FA24, uh, which is the code name for their um, 2.4 liter flat four. 
So the FA20, FA20 was their two liter engine that's in there uh, right now, but the 2.4 liter flat four that Subaru makes is currently powering the uh, Subaru Ascent and the Legacy, but the unit in the 8.6 will not be turbocharged. Uh, the, so horse, horsepower is gonna be about 220, which is more than the 200 to 205 that today's car has. Uh, max torque of the engine will be about 177 pound feet, which is an increase from the 156 of the car right now. Uh, I think it's around 156. And, uh, but the peak torque will come at 5,500 RPM rather than like 6,400 RPM. Uh, so it'll have a lot more uh, mid-range pop. And I think a lot of people who drove that car were, uh, they drove the car, current car, the 86 and BRZ, were complaining about, you know, if they did have a complaint, it lacked a little, they wanted a little more mid-range and um, high-end pop. So uh, again, both six-speed manual and an automatic transmission will be offered. Uh, we hear price is going to be about $30,000. So it might be a little skosh more than the um, car right now, but it'll still remain in the $30,000 um, range. So um, now I open it up before I go into my next car comments from you guys, if you guys have any intelligent or non-intelligent comments to share. Oh, my word. I'm just going to pull that dagger out of my back there, Sam, from those, the, those nice words that you said about myself and Tara. No, no, is it no. because we're still talking to you about your Steven Seagal sunglasses? Is that what it is, Sam? I wish I, I, wish I would have brought them for this, just this segment here, but it's uh, maybe next week. <laughs> so, I mean, do you guys like it? I, I like it. I, I, think it's, I think the car looks a little more upscale. Um, I think, you know, the boy racer stuff, I think the boy racers might not like it as much as I do, but... Uh, I mean, what what do you guys think? I guess I'm a boy racer because I like the current one way better than this rendering. That, yeah. that okay. Say, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think they they both look okay to me. They look fine. I, I, mean, the, the, I mean, the rear really. You guys don't like the rear? I don't like the. I don't know about James, but just, uh, I don't I, mind the the spoiler, but I'm not so just, much into the lights. The lights are really the thing that really don't do it for me. You mean the headlights or the no, rear? On the, the rear. I'm talking about the rear. Yeah. I don't like that. I'll show it again. This you don't like that, huh? Yeah, no. I'm not such a fan of that. I don't. I really like everything, um, and I not don't like that black line that runs across the the boot lid as well. I'm yeah, not really a fan of that. Oh, this right here. Yeah. 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 yeah I wonder why they have that. It almost weird. looks like a rubber seal or something, doesn't it? I mean, unless, for example, the the boot opened two ways, and it'd be pretty cool if it dropped down. You had like a little thing to sit on. That'd be super fun. Yeah, uh, and you could have like that. That'd be great. But I mean, I like the bottom half. Like, but why would already... you have that when you can't put anything in the trunk? Anyways, you can't have a tailgate. Or anything, so it makes uh, no sense. Yeah, you could just have a seat. So you can't have a seat. If you can't put a seat inside, you gotta, then let's make you one. I mean, it, it does look nice. I think so. I think it looks really. It looks lovely. Thirty thousand dollars. I'm sure it'll drive great. If it's got a little bit more horsepower, a little bit more torque, that's definitely yeah, what that bit. car needs straight Absolutely. out of the box. Yeah. So anything that helps, and hopefully with those two exhausts, on it'll sound give it a nice bauble, and that's the important thing, right? Right. And that's and you guys uh, both. Oh, all three of us have driven the uh, current eight six. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun car to drive. I think it's yeah. nice. You know, so. I like the current eighty six a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. You got to drive it on the track, right, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That so. So, anyways, uh, going from a sporty car to uh, a car that you know maybe not too much would be interested in is this thing, called the. Ooh. Oh, ooh. This thing is called the Nissan Cross Motion, or as they write it, X Motion. Uh, we hear that's going to be introduced as a brand new upper middle 
uh, upper SUV, middle-class, premium middle-class SUV with three-row seats. Uh, this, uh, the, the concept model of this car was introduced at the 2018 Detroit show. And it kind of showed that Nissan, hey man, we want to kind of play in the same playground as the Lexus RX and the Mazda CX-8. And although they do have like the Armada and some big, big uh, uh, SUVs, heavy duty SUVs. Now, I think they wanted more kind of a crossover, um, crossover, like a unit body uh, vehicle in this, uh, in that segment. So mm -hmm. they're talking about bringing this X motion. How big is this thing? Say again, two. Uh, and now let me show you what the- uh, uh, large tire, it's a three row seater SUV. Three row seater, yeah. Okay. Uh, this, is the, this is actually the concept vehicle. So concept vehicle is pretty awesome looking, but yeah, yeah but all concept looking vehicles are, you know, mm -hmm. look a lot better than their production counterparts. So, so anyways, um, uh, it, we're, we here it's got a three liter gasoline engine with an electric motor hybrid system that might come out. Uh, I think there's also a very, very good chance that there'll be a fully electric version because you know, Nissan just showed uh, the, a real all-electric uh, crossover, which is, I think, smaller than this vehicle at the Tokyo Motor Show. And, you know, we hear that there are uh, uh, similar vehicles going to be coming out soon. So we don't know uh, the details of that too much yet. But anyways, so uh, that is the Nissan Cross Motion. Uh, look for it. Uh, we hear maybe in about two years. So be on the lookout for it. If you need a Lexus RX type SUV, uh, Mazda CX-8 type SUV for, a, I think, a lot less than what the Lexus sells for. So uh, I think that those are the buyers that they're going to be going after. Um, and the last uh, vehicle. Uh, yeah, Sam, are you not going to talk to us about what our thoughts are on this? Are you just going to jump straight oh, ahead? I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. you don't want us, we don't get thoughts and this is just the Sam show now? Is that what we're talking about here? I had forgotten. I am so sorry. What, what do you what do you think of this, James? <laughs> well, I will say that I'm not particularly partial to the like the tri-color combination of this one here in this like if this is their rendering of it here, but it does look significantly better in the concept form with the concept colors. I will say that. Ah, uh, the um, silver and stuff. Yeah, this is this is an, again an artist rendering. It's not. Yeah. So who knows if this has come out? But the only thing that I will say that that I mean, there's two things that really really stand out on the rendering at least is the driver's door is ginormous on this rendering. And mm -hmm. I think they really need to do something about that massive wheel gap that they've got there on those that we can oh, see. Right here? Yeah, anywhere. It's yeah. just oh, things. Yeah, it's yeah they, could, they, could use, they could use bigger tires and wheels here. To, but know, I, will, I will say, obviously, the... Um, but it is an artist rendering. It's not Yeah, of course. But the concept car, I mean, the concept car looks really good, especially in that color combo. I will say that. Yeah, let me, yeah, I mean, it'd be awful to keep clean, but it does look really good. This, yeah. Yeah, this one looks really nice. But they, they still have some have gaps there in the, in the, <laughs> in the um, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the, the wheel arches. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, just, it's also really difficult for that. Uh, obviously, you didn't take this picture, Sam, because you would have shown more light into that wheel arch so you could see the difference between the wheel and the black. Uh, yes, obviously, I did not take this picture. Yeah, so it's not as not obviously a San Matani quality photo, but I will say the rendering <laughs> that we've got very much seemed to style back to me to like the the retro like Lander uh, Toyota. Um, it seemed the this seems in the ret in the rendering of it seems like a retro take on a, a extra large SUV. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think that's exactly what it is. I don't know what all the stuff in the front is because I missed the um. 
um, debut of this, you know, two years ago. But, you know, it's got a lot of kind of cool stuff on there. So. Is this car like the predecessor to the X-Trail? No, it'll be bigger than the X-Trail. Yeah. The X-Trail and Rogue are pretty much the same vehicles. So this will be, it's, it'll be bigger. This is like the X-Trail grown up, I think, the X-Motion. Yes, okay. yes, 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 exactly. James said it right. Okay, so you guys... Uh, so Ready for car number three now, Sam, after we got to talk about it. You kind of like it, huh? Yeah, I don't yeah, mind. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I just I think we need to see it like instead of a rendering and like see it in real life. But I don't. I think it doesn't look bad. I kind of okay. like it. All right. It's cool. a good segment to. Uh, I mean, if they're, which, uh, which car are they? Um, you know, going up against with this? Yeah, Lexus RX, Mazda CX-8. You know, those those yeah. vehicles. Probably yeah. Audi Q5, Q7. You know. Q7. Those. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's a good segment. Probably more Q7. Q5 would be too small. I'm sorry. It's Q7. So. Yeah, so those 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 vehicles. So, anyways, uh, and then uh, my dream vehicle, uh, which is not a land vehicle, but I just saw this, uh, and this beauty is called the Royal Falcon One, designed by Porsche. It's a catamaran, as you can see, the two hulls. Um, holy cow, man! This is something I would really like. Uh, so you you've obviously put money down on this, right? No, Sam? I will. Because this uh, is like this is your hey, pay grade, is what okay, I understand hey, according hey, to hey, Taro. Hey. I checked out the website just to, you know, for information's sake of the price, not listed. So if you have to ask, you know, if it's you have to ask, yeah, let me look for you if you have to ask. Yeah, if you have to ask, yeah, you 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 can't afford it. But here's uh here's here's where me, James, and Tara would have our lunch. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we would kick back here, have lunch. We would. What have would our footwear be, Sam? Girlfriends and wives here sitting here. What? And what would our footwear be? Well, I need to check on what shoes I need to bring on this vessel. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, the, the slippers will be provided. Okay. All right. Yes, don't white worry. Soul, white sole slippers and... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, and then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then after, you know, after we have our, uh, we have our dinner, you know, we just, we, we, we come over. Oh, can you see this? Yes. Oh. Yes. We would uh, enjoy a drink here. We probably have a bartender right here, a uh, mix mixing drinks for us or what have you. Uh, out there, there's, you know, there's the deck. So you can kind of kick back and, you know, let let your wives and girlfriends out there, or, you know, you do a little sunbathing. They're outside while we're inside. So this, 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 yeah, this, that's, that is a vehicle I would uh, really like to have right Lexus now. Lexus has that uh, yacht that's really nice. Yeah, yeah, Lexus is a little smaller. So there's a luxury yacht too, but yeah, I mean, yeah. You, it's not something you could go, transatlantic with or transpacific mm. with this you could probably um it's got two like a 2300 horsepower engine so it oh, could okay. go up to 35 knots so you could you could probably uh not sail it but you know motor right, it you notice that i know nothing about this but sam is fully versed in the inner workings of these large mega yachts because he has so many i wish i did uh, I, they are they are um uh, they are uh, aspirational dreams i wish I would love to have, but yeah, they're, they're out of my price. And I mean, that thing could probably like 10 million bucks, you know? I mean, it's crazy. Um, uh, I think it's, it's more than 10. So. It'll probably be more than 10. Yeah, I think, she, I think you're right. So, and it's designed by Porsche. So that's what's kind of cool about it, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys, oh, where's, hold on. Oh no, I lost it. But anyways, um, what do you guys so think? I don't, I don't know anything about boats, but um, if it's designed by uh, Porsche, you know, uh, uh, Tarl, it's a motor. Tarl, Tarl, yacht. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know anything about boats or yachts. So is the engine a Porsche as well? 
No, probably not. Design? Probably not. No? Probably not. Okay. Most likely that you know most of these are diesels, but yeah, probably not. So, so there you go. That's my report for the day. Toyota 86, Nissan X Motion, and um, uh, we'll rent that yacht someday when GT Channel go, goes big. Well, all I'll say, Taro, is that when it comes to yachts, you know what they say. The best yacht is Sam Matani's yacht because you and I would have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll the best boat. Yeah, I, I, I do remember. Owning a boat is the best way to own a boat, right? Yeah. I do have a, a funny short anecdote about a friend that was uh, gifted a boat, not a yacht, in his will, in a will of some sorts, where it was given to him a boat. And he thought it was the greatest thing ever until he made a call to where the boat was being stored and they told him he had to fill it up with uh, petrol to get it out there to go. Oh, and he was like, oh. How, sure. It was like, I was like, I thought it was like, uh, yeah, just fill up your car and you're going to be going there and get it out there. He's like, yeah. And just fill it up. And then the guy in the van was, you realize how big the, the tank is in this that will be filling up. He was like, no, how big? He was like a thousand gallons. Ooh. So that's going to be a $4,000 bill. He was like, oh, can we sell the boat then? <laughs> and that was the, the next conversation they had about selling the boat. Uh, yeah. But you know, I mean, when you think about it, you're going at 35, 40 knots across the ocean, you're gonna need a pretty dang big, you know, gas tank, so. You can't run out of gas in the middle of the ocean. No, you don't want to, unless you have sails, you know, so, you know, so. You would be completely. So anyways, that's where, that's where you know, we, we, we see a lot of car companies going into the boat business these days, you know, uh, Lexus, as you said, Porsche mm -hmm. designing this one, I think Lotus or something, one of those. Companies that Mercedes Benz had a, a, a yacht, so um, there is some crossover there. So just letting us, your the GT Channel people, once they make it big in their internet ventures or whatever they do, the your viewers. Um, I thought uh, one of you guys would uh, talk about the new Lexus IS that just uh, came. We're out waiting for you to do that one, Tara, because yeah, I think you have that's some right. connections that's to that. That's your. That's yours. That's your oh, that was, that I do right? scoop. I do things that have not been introduced yet. James does the racing and all the stuff that reviews. Yeah. yeah, and the reviews. Okay, maybe next week. Uh, no, we'll get into it now, Tara. Come on. I, have, I, I haven't prepared anything. I just wanted to see if you guys were. Uh, no, talking remember about. James? He's he's too busy trying to make all these electronic stuff work. Yeah, I, I'm not look, even going to try to touch this right now because. Well, we could. We I, know about if it. If I share it, it's going to go black. Let I'll pull, Give me two minutes while you two talk about it, and I'll pull all the information on it. Okay, well, the Lexus IS, the, it's not all new, but it is uh, very, very, it's, it's almost all new. Uh, completely new look. Um, I think the same engines. I can't remember. It is. It's the same it's engines. The same engines, yeah. So, uh, it doesn't but, look as different as I thought that it was going to look. It still looks... It's a good looking car. I thought, like the, I thought the current, I thought, I think the current car is a really good looking car. Yeah, you know? I, I like it. I, I like yeah, it. I like the IS ever since, you know... It, it, you know, it, it was carried over here from, as from the Aristo. So Altezza. Ah, uh, yeah, Altezza. Sorry, Aristo's the GS. <laughs> you make Altezza. that mistake every yeah, single time. I think I made that mistake <laughs> last time too. Last time you said. Uh, they both begin with. So here we go. So, so we're just running through the photos of it now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's nice. It's always good to have a little refresh, and obviously they haven't uh, made absolutely. too many changes to it. Absolutely, I think so. so uh, you know, so, uh, I, I, IS is one of my favorite favorite. Uh, Lexus vehicles out there so yeah I mean I drove the old one the F Sport it was a lovely car 300 plus horsepower give or take 
um, mm -hmm. sounding was nice. I mean, obviously, I'd take the LC over this any day, but this one. Well, you're going to be paying a lot more. Of course, yeah. I think it's like a two twice the price, basically. Those, so, uh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the side mirrors are just awesome looking. So. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the thing is this um, uh, um, this car. Uh, I I don't know. I don't think they've um, announced the pricing pricing yet, but. It's what do you guys think about the grill? They're really going pretty heavy with the spindle grill. They I mean, are that thing is getting crazy bigger. With the spindle grill. Yeah, they're getting bigger and more prominent in the yeah. in their designs. And I never really uh, minded it, uh, but boy, I have some friends who just can't stand it and I've, you know, some friends who says, "No, I think it's cool." So, what do you guys stand with this? And I mean, this spindle grill is very prominent. I mean, they're getting yeah. more more and more prominent it's where they're just bigger and bigger. Yeah. Like the a BMW, the new uh, oh, the, uh, series. four series grill. Ooh, it's humongous. I don't know if I like that one. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't really like that. I mean, the thing with this one is, I don't know if I've gotten used to it, but it it doesn't look that bad. It didn't really bother me when I first saw it. It's aggressive. So if you like it aggressive, aggressive, you know, the whole thing a Kia Toyota wanted to do with the Lexus brand is make it a lot more aggressive, sporty, mm -hmm. enthusiast oriented. So uh, with the styling, I think he really is doing that you know his style yeah. is really pushing the envelope with that so well, i mean i hired our friend dai yoshihara to uh, drive in we'll that promo video, video. Yeah. yeah i mean i i'll be i'm on the same boat as taro i don't ever since they had the lc was first introduced and you got used to that big grill at the start from there it's okay. not really i don't mind it from there almost but what i do obviously really like that i just talked about was the interior of all the lexus always look so good mm -hmm. um and they always always look nice always well put together always very thoughtful yeah. I love That's, the analog clock. Yeah. It's funny. It's crazy how how many young young people, millennials, I think, can't even read an analog clock anymore. So, I mean, I like it. I think, like you said, uh, alum of both No Breaking Podcast and Pod Speed, Dai Yoshihara, getting his driving on, actually driving <laughs> because we saw his hair helmet as well. Exactly. <laughs> his helmet hair, I should say. Yeah. yeah. He said that was a cameo, a total cameo. He wasn't even planning on... You know, they didn't, they weren't even planning on having him, you know, it's just kind of this thing that happened. But I think obviously the only unfortunate thing about this was just the timing at which the Lexus was going to be released. So uh, that's, I think, the only thing that's a bit of a challenge, really, right? Yeah, well, they couldn't really hang, you know, wait till the COVID-19 ends. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, they got the car ready to go. So I guess doing it virtually yeah. was probably... And yeah, they've got no car shows to be able to go show it at, so... Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. So, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it is what it is. We all have to adapt, you know. So yep. yeah. I mean, we would be to, together at the same table doing the show, but not anymore. You know? Not so, anymore. Never again. Never again, right, Taro? You said enough of hanging out with Sam McCartney. I'm kind of using. I'm kind of liking this uh, system. I don't have to oh. drive all the way to Playa del Rey or Osegundo or wherever the heck. Yeah, I mean, all, all, all I see at this point in time, Taro, is Sam Matani showing up his fancy sunglasses, and this week it's his fancy T-shirts, his name brand T-shirts. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know where to go, where it goes next. His yacht, with the his, owns. With I mean, with his... with my carrot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You guys are just jealous. It's all. Right. It's cool, man. It's cool. I I, you know, Taro, I consider it. I consider jealous. it. I, I consider it flattery that you guys but, are so jealous of my glasses. No, we need we need a shtick like you. you know, we, we we don't have one. It's not a shtick. I, I have <laughs> one. It's glasses. It's glasses with a little bit too much awesomeness for you guys to handle. I'm sorry. 
I'll wear on my next one. So. Tara, remember, those commenters are going to be upset with you again for being too joking. We can't, we can't have you laugh. And we, can't oh, be, we can't have yeah. fun. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> YouTube was built on haters. <laughs> so speaking, speaking of that, Tara, where, have we got any good comments recently from some of our videos that you want to share? Um, well, let's see. Um, we, we, you know, we always have the weird, weird, <laughs> weird comments here and there. But uh, recently we uh, up, uploaded something from uh, Robbie Nishida. So Robbie mm -hmm. in Japan is uh, um, reviewing some cars for us. He was originally going to um, review drift cars for us, you know, but um, we can't take them out to the track and drift them. So he's been doing uh, street slash track cars uh, by his shop. Uh, this week we released a, a JZX Mark II, which is a really, really popular platform. Mm -hmm. um in japan for for drifting um you got the mark ii and you got the chaser um yeah. these are all toyotas these are all toyotas yeah yeah um so the you know if you're on youtube go check them out we've got a bunch of new videos up um and i think uh, you guys will like it awesome and we have the uh short clips of this show on the podcast channel on youtube uh, the full version goes know, up on Facebook, if, obviously. People know that podcast channels exist. Uh, well, obviously some people do. Hey, oh, our, getting, our audio podcasts are getting, you know, more and more views every time. So awesome. shout out to our audio podcast uh, followers. Uh, thanks for your support. Awesome. Um, we want to continue this show as long as you guys are, uh, you know, downloading and enjoying our shows. Awesome. I think they're starting to warm up to James's uh uh, dry Brit British wit and his uh, his uh, accent. It's just uh, it's good. Good to Hopefully see. Hopefully, hope they'll get to me and uh, be able to understand what my name is pronounced at some point, Sam. When you pronounce it correctly. All right, I will. One day. Uh, that's my that's my life goal right now is to get that thing down once. Yeah. All right. I think we're good. I think we're good. We're good. Hey guys, day, thanks, man. Taro, thank you so much. Uh, good job. Great uh, guest you booked, uh, Megan. Thank you. Um, Megan Latham, I got that name right. Latham. Megan and Latham. then uh, we have uh, James McKeown. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> from No Breaking uh, Podcast, which will be uh, starting up again as soon as this lockdown is over. And uh, everybody go follow James at No Breaking. Yep. Correct. Thank you so much, Tar. And uh, we will see you in a couple weeks with our next guest. Uh, can we go ahead and tell him? Yeah, Jordan Greer from GT Greer from GT. Didn't we already tell them, Sam? We already Are we forgetting that we just talked about that already? We, I didn't know if we were on air or if we weren't. So, yeah, we were on air. We were doing it. So, anyway, see you guys uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, till then, pod speed to you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.